Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. Welcome. Isn't that fun? Welcome to Summer Salsa. Yeah. It is summer. The AC is on. Thank God. Everyone said amen. Um, Welcome, church. I am so glad to be with you guys. Uh, This is the beginning of our Summer Salsa series. And so if you don't know, it's a collection of guest speakers and one-off messages. And so we're going to have fun this summer. A little bit spicy, a little bit tangy, a little bit of everything. Uh, Thank you for those of you who are joining us in the house this morning. So glad to see you. And and a special hello to those of you who are online. We see you. We're so glad you're with us. Welcome to you. And so today, just a quick reminder, today is Communion Sunday. And so we're going to be sharing the Lord's table just a little bit later after the message. And so if you're joining us from home, now would be a good time to grab your bread and cup. And if you're with us in the worship center, you'll find some emblems on a table around the room. And you would have seen it as you walk in. So now is a good time to go grab that uh, so you're ready. Okay? Um, But if you have your Bible this morning, we're going to be turning to Hebrews chapter 5. And I just, I, I just want to share something with you today. If you, you've been with us at least the last past year, we've been through a lot, wouldn't you say? There's a lot that's happened, uh, even recently. And there's something that's been on my heart that I want to share with you today. And it's that in times like these, we just need to draw closer to Jesus. Amen? A couple of you want to draw closer to Jesus. I do. I don't, I don't know about you, but where you're at. But we need Jesus. So as I speak to you today, I hope that you come to know Jesus. I hope that you're inspired and encouraged. Um, but most of all, I'm just preaching to myself, okay? Is that okay with you guys this morning? I just, I need Jesus. And the good news today is that we have access, just in case we've forgotten. So we're going to jump right into the good news here, reading from Hebrews chapter 4. Hope you've turned there already. We're going to be starting in verse 14. And so the author of Hebrews, he writes this. You can follow along behind me as well. He says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He goes on to say, For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. This is the word of the Lord. Can we just pray real quick before we continue? Let's pray. Jesus, we just want to come to you right now. In this season, many of us are looking to you. One way or another, we have to admit we have need of you. And so this morning, I ask that you would help us to know your heart. We truly love you. Help us, I pray. Amen. Amen. 
Hey, this morning I want to begin a little differently than usual. I want to share a song with you. And so, you know, let me tell you a bit about it. Before the, his tragic and untimely death, the grunge rock singer from Seattle, Kurt Cobain, wrote one truly honest song. And some of you might know it. Some of you might not know what I'm talking about at all. But, you know, in Nirvana's breakout album, Nevermind, Cobain recorded a song called Come As You Are. And I believe what Cobain wrote was a truly desperate plea for unconditional relationship. He was willing to accept anyone who would just be there with him. Let's, let's talk about this song. In, in Come As You Are, Kurt sang these words. Verse 1. Come as you are, as you were, as I want you to be. As a friend, as a friend, as an old enemy. Take your time. Hurry up. Choice is yours. Don't be late. Take a rest as a friend, as an old enemy. Verse 2, he says, Come doused in mud, soaked in bleach, as I want you to be, as a trend, as a friend, as an old enemy. And if some of you know the chorus, it goes, Memory, 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 and lots of drums. Um, but isn't that song something? You know, just like Cobain, at the core, our deepest longing is to be seen, known, and accepted. No matter what we look like or what we've done. And Kurt just wanted a friend, no matter what shape they were. And he, he wanted to live in a world where people could come as they were. And so as long as they would just show up and that they were with him. Don't we all want that though? Someone to be with us. And I admit, when I think about this song, the problem is that sometimes we're just so afraid of rejection. That's true of me. Maybe that's true of you. I can come up with several reasons to avoid being vulnerable with people in my life, being vulnerable with you. We just don't want people to see us that way. We don't want to share that part of us, to, for them to know our weaknesses. And the truth is, is it's just really hard to open up sometimes. Can we trust them? And, and, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again. And sometimes what we believe about each other, about people, is what we start to believe about God. So today I want to tell you that Jesus invites you to come to him just as you are right now. That's the big idea of today's message. Come as you are. Why? Well, because you might be feeling lost right now. You might be feeling lonely. You might be feeling in despair. And you might not believe this or feel like it's true today, but Jesus is for us. Hebrews says that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. And so let's break down what this means just a little bit. In the context, a priest is someone who just stands in the gap for people. In Hebrews 5, one says that for every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. See, Jesus is the mediator between us and God, our great high priest. He represents us to God. And when he is in the presence of God, he is advocating for us with God. And it's not just anyone. This is Jesus, the ultimate revelation of God appearing as man, yet fully God, in whom God's purpose for the universe were made complete. He lived among us. He was faithful to God in the face of suffering and temptation, enduring death to save his people from their sin, suffering once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to 
God. And now he's ascended into heaven, and he appears for us. Where? Well, 1 Peter 3.22 says that Jesus is gone into heaven at the right hand of God. That's where he is. But today, the reality is some of you might feel like God is far from you. Like the author of Hebrews writes, Jesus has passed through the heavens, and now there seems to be this separation. And you might believe that heaven is just too far for us. But I want to tell you that couldn't be further from the truth. Every day, heaven meets earth, and we come near to the kingdom of God. Not by where we stand, but by turning our attention to him. Because let me tell you today, you have God's attention. I want to show you what I, I mean. I want to try something uh, a little abnormal, so bear with me. Okay, I want to tell you about this guy in our church. I don't know if you know him. He's a great friend of mine. I like to call him Elder Dave. Clap if you know Elder Dave. If he's hearing you right now, he's probably hiding. Uh, okay, I want to tell you about Elder Dave. He's awesome. He loves God. He loves his family. He loves this church. He especially has shown so much love to me. And so when I, just, just thinking about it, you know what? I want to call him right now. You think I'm kidding, but I'm not. So let's call him. Hey, David. Yeah. Man, I'm on stage right now. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Anyways, I just want to tell you that I'm with Crosspoint right now interceding for you. And I was just telling him about how awesome you are, man. And you know, man, we would just love to help you in any way we can. <laughs> I thought you would say that. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to thought I'd call you with, with Crosspoint and see if we could do that. Oh, okay. No worries, no worries. I'll stop bothering you now. You've got stuff to do. Listen, I know that I'm not here up there with you right now. I know, I know that you can't touch or feel me or like, can't be there for you right the way you like me to be. But I want you to come to me, okay, if you need anything, okay? Okay. Will you do that for me? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. So glad he answered. <laughs> Listen, Crosspoint, in the same way, God is not out of touch, okay? He is attentive towards us. Jesus is right there at the right hand of the Father, and he is holding our interests right in front of him. And you may not be able to touch Jesus or you to see Jesus, but every day his heart is set on you. And if he could just get through to you, if you would just answer his call, he would tell you, come to me. See, the heart of Christ in heaven is set on us sinners and saints on earth. This is what makes him our great high priest. That's what he's doing. It's not only is he for us, but his life is caught up with ours, just as ours is entwined with his and so what does this mean? Well, the truth is, is that Jesus can sympathize with us. 
Nobody can understand you and me like Jesus can. But it's more than that. It's nobody that can know what we are going through more than him. He knows our struggle better than we know it ourselves. Hebrews 4.15 says that, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. In other words, God is not emotionally distant from us. And Jesus is not preoccupied with other things. He has time for you. Even now, he is thinking about you. More than that, he knows our struggle better than we know it ourselves. And when Hebrews says that Jesus can sympathize with us, it's, it's funny. He doesn't sympathize with us like we do with each other, right? You know, Jesus is not going to send us a Hallmark card when we're feeling down. It's more than that. And this word in the Greek comes from the word sympatheo. And if you break down the root compound word, you get two ideas. First, you get sin, which means to be with, and pathos, which means to feel. Sin pathos, feeling with. And so Jesus feels what you're going through. A better way to say is that Jesus is your co-sufferer. He shares it with you. And you know, this week, I, I, I had this experience that just made that really clear to me. My wife called me while I was here at the office, and she said that she had to take our daughter, Posey, to urgent care. And she's okay, but it looked like she had an ear infection, so we had to go get some medication. And, but as a dad, I wasn't there for her in person, but man, she had my complete attention. Everything in me was focused on her. I couldn't get anything else done. I was like, how could I help? Should I go to the hospital? Should I go get the boys? What does she need right now? And even though she could not see me or touch me, geography didn't matter. This was more than my thoughts and my prayers. I was completely with her in her trouble. And so in that way, Jesus is with us. So tell me, why do we feel ashamed to come to Jesus? Like Jesus wouldn't understand what we're going through. Let me tell you, friends, Jesus has been there. Whatever it is, whatever is on your heart or going on in your life today. And then he's been through more than that. How? Well, because Jesus has been tempted just like us in every way. You know, he was tempted to fight with his siblings at home. He was tempted to play hooky and skip rabbi school. He was tempted to trade the abundant life for just an easy life. He was tempted to believe the lies that the enemy tells us. And he was tempted to avoid God's will for his life. But what did he do? Well, he didn't give in in sin. And this is the most interesting thing about Jesus. Because Jesus didn't sin. He knows the true power and breadth of temptation like nobody else. And to explain this, let, let me refer to our beloved theologian, C.S. Lewis, to explain. In his book, Mere Christianity, Lewis says this. He says, No man knows how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be good. A silly idea is current that good people do not know what temptation means. This is an obvious lie. Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. After all, you find out the strength of the German army by fighting against it, not by giving in. You find out the strength of the wind by trying to walk against it, not by laying down. A man who gives into temptation after five minutes simply does not know what it would have been like an hour later. 
That is why bad people, in one sense, know very little about badness. They have little, lived a sheltered life by always giving in. We never find out the strength of the evil impulse inside us until we try to fight it. And Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation, is also the only man who knows to the full what temptation means. The only complete realist. You see, he's saying that Jesus is the real deal. Does Jesus really understand the life that he's calling you and me to? To resist sin and enjoy God's presence? Yes, better than anyone. In his sinlessness, Jesus alone experienced the total power of temptation. Don't you want somebody who understands life to be in your corner? Think about your own life. When you feel like you're losing and fighting a war that you just can't win. When you feel like you're being left behind or losing out. When you're flooded with emotions and despair. When you want to throw in the towel. You need a friend who knows exactly what you're going through what it feels like, who will sit close to you, who will embrace you. That's a real friend. And that's who we have in Jesus. So how is it sometimes that we believe that Jesus doesn't care about us or understand our struggles? Well, you might think that Jesus makes a funny face at your failures, but it's just not true. Jesus knows what we face, and he's compassionate towards our weakness. And then good news is that Jesus will deal gently with us. It's at the heart of who he is. Jesus himself says he is gentle and lowly of heart. You might like the picture of Jesus flipping tables in the Gospels, but he's most comfortable being somebody with a soft hand and a humble posture. See, look again at Hebrews 5, 2. It says that Jesus can deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward, since he himself is beset with weaknesses. See, Jesus is for us. He knows what we are going through. He has experienced the weak disposition of being human and brokenhearted. And so it brings joy to his heart to deal gently with us. What's more, he deals with us all that way. Not just saints, but sinners too. Jesus is gentle with the ignorant and the wayward. He isn't just gentle with people who don't know any better or who have made innocent mistakes. He welcomes the lost sheep and the prodigal son. He welcomes those who are weak on temptation and in love with sin. Jesus welcomes everyone to his presence just as you are. Why? Because this is what makes Jesus happy. Can you believe that this morning? The Bible says that Jesus died for the joy that was set before him. And I believe that joy was helping you. That's how deep his compassion is. Let me explain this happiness, this happiness of Christ. I want you to imagine something with me. Imagine for a moment that you know a good doctor that moves out to the Amazon. And he travels deep into the jungle with his companions to provide free medical care to tribal peoples afflicted with a terrible disease. And he has all the right equipment and resources. He's independently wealthy, so he doesn't really need any funding or anything like that. He has diagnosed the disease and has the right medications to quickly address the problem. Everything is prepared and available to help these people. 
But as soon as he offers his help, the local people refuse it. Understandably, they want to take care of themselves on their own terms and in their own way. But finally, after a long time, one or two tribesmen step forward and receive the doctor's help. Let me ask you today, how do you think the good doctor feels in that moment? He's filled with joy. The more who come, the more jubilant he becomes. This is why he went to the jungle in the first place, to help. Thomas Goodwin once wrote this. He said, Christ's own joy, comfort, happiness, and glory are increased and enlarged by his showing grace and mercy in pardoning, relieving, and comforting his members here on earth. This is why Jesus came. And if this is why Jesus came, how should we respond to him? More specifically, how will we respond to him today? Well, Hebrews gives us two directions. Just as you are, the writer says, hold fast and draw near. Hold fast and draw near. First, the writer says that we should hold fast. Verse 14 says, let us hold fast to our confession. To cling to our conviction that Jesus is for us. And he is constantly representing our cause with the Father. And so the Father can send the advocate, the Holy Spirit, to teach and remind us all that Jesus has accomplished all in the world and so that he might be with us through his Spirit. And so right now, church, we need to hold on to this truth more than ever. See, God is more available to us than we ever dare dream. His help is needed for the pressures and perils of everyday life. And they are so readily available, sympathetically offered, and fully affected to help us stand through any season, even the season we're going through right now. God knows our need of him. But do we? St. Augustine once said, without God, we cannot, some of you know this, but without God, without us, sorry, without us, God will not. Let me say that again. Without God, we cannot, but without us, God will not. So whatever you're facing today, it's okay that you're struggling. We've been there too, but we will not move forward without God. And God will not drag us through. Grace is not opposed to effort. And that's why the writer in Hebrews moves us to action. He directs us to draw near. And so finally in chapter 4, verse 16, the writer says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That way we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In other words, if we're to be honest about our need and sure about Jesus' intercession for us, we can both courageously and plainly come into the presence of God. Because of Jesus, access to God is unlimited now. Because of Jesus, we come to him as a son comes to a father, boldly. The people of God no longer need to fear God or be paralyzed by awe. We are no longer intimidated or shy before God. Jesus has made it possible for us to draw near to God just as we are. Jesus is the guarantee that that place, God's presence, is now a place of grace. Now judgment is reserved and an unrestricted supply of grace flows in its place. When? Just when we need it. 
So today, drawing near means you have freedom of speech before God. You can break through the thin spaces in prayer. It means there is a mercy for past failures and grace in your time of need. The help that we need right now. And so today um, is Communion Sunday. And I want to invite you to draw near, to come back to God. And so I invite you to hold fast and draw near. And so Jesus invites all who love him and turn from their sin into his presence. And in typical Jesus fashion, his presence is prepared as a table before us. One that we as a church share as often as possible. So as before we share the table today and reflect and pray, let me remind you to hold fast to these things. Number one, remember that what Jesus has done for us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us all. And remember that following Jesus in all of life is a practice of faith and repentance. The forgiveness that we have now is possible because we have turned away from our sin and have drawn near to God, who is rich in mercy and grace. Number three, remember that because of Jesus, we have been reconciled with God. And now that we have fellowship with him, we have it with each other. And because of this, we pursue peace with others by forgiving others like we have been forgiven. And finally, remember that the presence of God is still sacred. We have access, but it's still sacred. So it's important to come as you are, open and honest. And so in a moment, I'm going to invite you guys to participate at the table with us from wherever you are today. You can take the emblems by yourself or take them with someone else beside you. At Crosspoint, we do this all together, but not all at once. That is our practice but whenever you're ready, I want you to take the bread first and then the cup. And so now let, let's turn to the word of God before we partake. I hear your fellowship cups crinkling, so I know you got them. All right. Let's reflect on the word of God. The scripture teaches us that on the night that Christ was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then after supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so friends... I want to invite you to come to Jesus as you are today, to receive his mercy and grace with joy and gladness. So grab your emblems now and take a few moments to reflect and pray, because Jesus is ready, and you're invited to come to him as you are.
Let's pray, and then I will invite Dave to close today's gathering. Jesus, we're just so thankful that you are for us, and your attention is always turned towards us. You know what each of us is going through right now. And we're just uh, reminded today that you are ready, you are available, and you are there for us when we are in our time of need. Uh, we're just so sorry for the times that we've turned every which way but to you. And so we repent of that today. And today we turn to you and lay hold to the Father's throne of grace. Help us, we pray. We love you. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton. And you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.